Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of The Silent Suicide. I'm your host, Jacqueline Martinez, and thank you so, so much for tuning in. If you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you know that I always start with a dedication to my beautiful friend, Melanie. Melanie, I love you, I miss you, and I hope you're looking down on me, smiling and laughing. I also like to extend our prayer and positive thoughts to those of you listening who may be considering suicide at this very moment. I want you to know that you are loved, you are worthy, and you deserve to live. So this week, I wanted to talk about paranoia. Now, the last couple weeks have been not so focused on a particular mental health illness, but just the industry as a whole and how it relates to celebrities or just anybody, really. So I really wanted to get back to the core value of this podcast which is just raising awareness and educating others about different mental health illnesses. So this week is all about paranoia. Now, I found a great article in Medical News Today, and it was medically reviewed by a doctor by the name of Mark Lenner. And the actual article was published in July of last year. After I read it, I loved the content because it was very informational. It was easy to read and to understand. And so I just want to share it with you today. So first, what is paranoia? Paranoia is a thought process that can result in people experiencing irrational mistrust and suspicion of others. This pattern of delusional thinking may involve feelings of persecution making a person think they are in a constant state of danger. While occasional paranoid thoughts are common, if a person experiences them for a prolonged period of time, it may be a symptom of a mental health condition. Paranoia refers to irrational and persistent thoughts and feelings that cause a person to believe that others are trying to harm them, deceive them, or exploit them. This may involve people feeling that others are watching them, listening, following them, despite there being little to no evidence to suggest any of that. This unfounded mistrust can make it difficult for people with paranoia to function in society or form any kind of close relationships, whether that's family or friends. Some people may refer to paranoid thoughts as delusions. This is when irrational thoughts and false beliefs become so fixed that not even contrary evidence can convince a person that what they are thinking is simply not true. Again, while mild paranoid thoughts are relatively common, experiencing long-term paranoia may indicate a mental health condition. So what are some of the symptoms? Well, there's Quite a long list, actually, but I'll just kind of go over the major ones. Finding relationships difficult. Being overly suspicious of others. Considering the world to be a place of constant threat. Constant feelings of persecution. Always being on the defensive. Being hostile, aggressive, or argumentative. Not coping well to criticism. 
taking offense and assigning harmful meaning to comments from other people, not being able to compromise, difficulty forgiving others, assuming other people frequently speak bad about them, and a belief in unfounded conspiracy theories. Now, you're probably wondering, well, what causes paranoia? Things, changes in your brain function, stress levels, there's a lot of different causes. But specific to paranoia, one of the biggest things is obviously genetics. So having certain genes affect how likely a person is. It's actually a genetic variation known as SNPRS850807. And that is strongly associated with paranoia. Then going along with that is brain chemistry. So the neurotransmitters in our brain are the messengers in our brain. And they play a key role in how our entire brain functions and how we think and feel. For example, a 2018 article suggests the role of dopamine in paranoid ideation. Another cause is trauma. Past trauma may distort a person's thoughts and feelings. Now, again, if you've listened to previous episodes, you will know that trauma, whether it's childhood trauma or adult trauma, it really has an impact on people's well-being, mental health, their physical health, everything. Trauma is a really big issue. In 2017, there were study notes that childhood trauma is actually significantly associated with paranoid beliefs. And then there was a 2019 study that adds that it increases the risk for psychosis. Now, I've done an episode on psychosis, so if you want to learn more about that, please feel free to go back a few episodes and check it out. And of course, as always, let me know what you think. And then the big one, stress. Evidence suggests that paranoia may be more common in people who have experienced severe or ongoing stress. In 2016, there was a study that indicated that stress can result in paranoia and stress management strategies may help to reduce it. Now, one of the other biggest causes of paranoia is too little sleep. Now, I thought that that was interesting because as we've talked about before, there are probably very few of us that actually get a decent amount of sleep every night. I know if I get four or five hours, it's going to be a good day. I'm just not a very good sleeper at all. And I know a lot of you have told me the same about you. So take this into consideration. A single restless night is not going to cause paranoia or cause you to have paranoid thoughts. But if you often go without sleep, obviously that can start to take a toll on your mental health. You might not think as clearly, and you're more likely to clash with others or have misunderstandings with them. One, because if you're not sleeping enough, you're probably grumpy, groggy, and just not wanting to deal with everyday life. It may start to look like people are working against you when they're just acting like they always do. 
If you go without sleep for long enough, you could even start to see and hear things that aren't really there, and those are called hallucinations. Theoretically, adults should try to go for seven to nine hours of sleep a night to stay alert and mentally healthy. Again, that is what doctors recommend. That's what mental health experts recommend. But again, there are very few of us that are actually hitting that mark. So make it a goal. It's almost the new year, which I can't even believe. But maybe in 2023, one of our goals could be better sleep or longer sleep, which will in turn lead to better mental health. Now let's go back to that stress factor for a minute. So when tension and stress are really just at their peak, you could start to feel more suspicious of other people. And the stress doesn't have to be something negative, like an illness, a job loss, a death in the family. Even a happy occasion, like a wedding, can create a kind of stress that brings out paranoid thoughts along with the joy. So how do you ease tension? Well, there's a lot of different ways. We all have different ways of coping with stress. A big one is just take time to relax. You've heard the term or phrase self-care Sundays. So that's a day where someone just dedicates the entire day to not working, not checking work emails, not doing anything that's stressful, just really resetting for the week and resetting your mind to be in a healthier place. Another one is spend time with friends. I know for me, because I am such a social butterfly, I actually feel rejuvenated and renewed when I am around loved ones. And that can be my family, or it can also be a group of friends. I am one of those people that absolutely thrive and need social interaction in order to be healthy. And then the biggest one is find something to smile and laugh about. There is always something to smile about. And yes, there are going to be times in our lives that it's going to be very difficult to smile or to laugh or to have any kind of sense of joy. But that's when we really have to dig our heels in and really take a look at what's going on in our lives at that particular moment. And just think of something happy. Think of a good memory. Think of a vacation that you're looking forward to. There is always something to smile and laugh about. So there's a couple different paranoia conditions. So paranoia is a symptom that can be part of a whole bunch of different conditions that many people kind of associate with paranoia. So there's three of them here that I kind of just wanted to go over briefly. The first one is paranoid personality disorder. This is a cluster A personality disorder, and that means that people display behaviors that others may find unusual. It typically involves suspiciousness of others and interpretation of their actions as threatening or demeaning. The second one is delusional disorder. This is a mental illness that causes people to have false beliefs or delusional thoughts for a prolonged period of time, despite evidence to the contrary. 
The thoughts are not necessarily unrealistic, but they may not be. And then the third one is schizophrenia. That is a serious mental health condition that can affect a person's perception and may involve delusional thinking, such as these paranoid thoughts. In the past, experts have considered paranoid schizophrenia to be a distinct type of disorder, but now classify paranoia as an actual symptom as opposed to its own mental health illness. So doctors have found out that, you know, it can be difficult to diagnose paranoia, usually because it's not the only symptom, and usually it encompasses different conditions, but people experiencing paranoia may try to avoid doctors, hospitals, and other medical settings because they don't even want to recognize that they're even having paranoid thoughts in the first place. So typically, a diagnosis will involve a doctor or someone in the mental health profession asking questions about a person's medical history, obviously performing a physical exam, and then making an overall assessment of their symptoms. A doctor may then require a person to complete certain psychological tests, blood tests, and scans. That can really help a doctor to rule out other possible causes for those particular symptoms that they're experiencing. So if you know anyone who has paranoid thoughts often, or they are really just consumed by paranoid thoughts or feelings, please encourage them to call a doctor, call somebody. I say it in almost every episode. It's important to recognize these symptoms and it's important to recognize and normalize asking for help and realizing that it's okay to have paranoid thoughts. It's okay to have all sorts of different kinds of mental health illnesses where the strength comes in is when you do ask for that help and you do recognize that there's a problem. So what are some of the treatments? So if paranoid thoughts are causing distress or a symptom of any other mental health condition, there's a couple treatments that are beneficial specifically to paranoia. One is talking therapy. These types of therapy may help a person to understand their experiences and develop coping strategies to manage paranoid thoughts. One I thought was really interesting is art and creative therapies. These encourage people to channel and express their thoughts and feelings through art. This may be beneficial if people have difficulty talking about their experiences. So instead, they kind of channel it into a creative outlet. So that could be painting, drawing, adult coloring books were all the rage a few years ago. So there's all sorts of different things that someone can do. Now, I did find that there are some complications with paranoia. The first one is safety behaviors. So what does that mean? Well, that refers to behaviors that people may do to make themselves feel safe. Well, you might be wondering, well, wouldn't you want to feel safe? But this is actually quite the opposite. This may cause people to avoid certain situations, act aggressively towards others, and generally push people away, which leads into isolation. 
Not only may people with paranoid thoughts avoid others, but they may also feel as if no one understands them and finds it difficult if others do not agree with their thoughts. Then that snowballs into worry and sadness. Paranoid thoughts may also cause people to experience anxiety and low mood due to how they believe their thoughts may affect their life. And then, of course, there's the stigma. There's lots of misunderstandings about paranoia and just mental health illnesses in general, which, again, is the entire reason why I started this podcast, because we have got to erase the stigma. So I know this was a shorter episode in comparison to some of my others, but actually on the night I am recording this, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. And I'm going to the Valley to go be with my family and my loved ones. So I still have to pack, do laundry, do all the fun adult stuff. And I know that you guys are probably still spending time with your family and friends by the time I upload this on Sunday. So I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and I hope you enjoyed your week and you found something to smile or to laugh about. And don't forget, as always, being different makes you special. 